Hey, welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich, Trapping Inc. TV. And I'm Sandy, and we are live on the line, sort of. We're taping on the line. <laughs> um, we've had an interesting weekend. Well, we've, this is day three, and oh my goodness, it, it has been brutal. Um, I'm not sure I, I understand what's going on. I've been trying to think my way through it, but I'm not sure I understand. But uh, we spent the last two days, and we now have what? We got, the last time out, we got 16 boxes set. And then the first day on this trip, we got 16, 17 boxes set. Right. Yesterday, we got 15 boxes set. Yeah, for a grand total of 48 Fisher Martin boxes. Like. But here's the, the, the tale of the tape. Over the last two days, I have one of these tracker watches. And uh, yesterday was 12,000 12,000 and some steps the day before was just about 17,000 steps <laughs> and all of that with a chainsaw in my hand <laughs> yeah, yeah oh we ran into some, <laughs> some dandy downfall <laughs> well it's really crazy is because what's falling this year I mean there's little stuff there's little dry stuff that's falling but big 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 green trees yeah um and a lot of um a lot of spruce right yeah Where the root ball Yep. has tipped up and some of those root balls are tremendous in size well a spruce tree is all it has surface roots that's how it stays stable it has surface roots it doesn't have a big tap root like a like a hardwood wood or like the poplar we have you know poplar here has a it has a big tap root right. but a spruce doesn't has this great big uh surface root system and you know you have a tree some of those trees are like that that came over even bigger yeah even bigger than than that but when they tip, that root ball might be 30 feet tall and 30 feet wide. Like it all yeah. just tips up this whole big chunk of the surface area and everything. And we had one yesterday. <laughs> one? <laughs> well, we the, had one stop that turned into about six trees. Uh, yeah, well, I, read through, I went through over a tank and a half of fuel at one yeah. stop. And... <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll bring a picture up here to show you, but if you look above my head, I'm standing there buried in amongst all these trees, and, the, and you look above my head, you can see the Widowmaker hanging there. And it's this big tree, and, it, and I can't tell whether it's going to, when I start cutting out, if it's going to come down or if it's stable. You just don't know how this stuff is wedged. So I go around, and Sandy took this picture of me when I go around, and I go, look. And it has actually, its root ball has tipped as well, and but it is it is uh, leveraged up against another root, or on top of another root ball. And then the top is hanging in the tree, and I'm looking at it, and, you know, does it have a bend back this way or a bend this way? You know, what's the stress on it? Is it just hanging there, and, and it's not going to fall because of the root ball is going to keep it up? Because everything I got to work at is above my head. And I, I either got to climb up on the on the, on the the uh, the supporting root ball to cut this, or or I got to work, like, down here. And, and when you get in those situations, you want to be pretty fleet of foot, <laughs> which is the last thing I am anymore. But... but well, there was so much down branches and stuff over there, too, that you can't... I mean, you have to be pretty careful where you put your feet or you're going to get well, it, wedged. It was, it, I got up there, and I started cutting, and I'm watching, and I'm watching. I'm watching for any flexing or anything, and you, you're watching for any uh, snow or frost to, 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 to jump like on the, the tree because that means something's moving, that there's a crack or whatever. Chance I was running, you're not going to hear much. I don't hear much... According to her, I don't hear her at all. <laughs> so I don't hear much of anything. So I'm like high alert here. And I'm up there. And, and when when I've seen that first bit of, of, of snow jump like that, 
I'm going like beep beep the Roadrunner. <laughs> and I'm way out of reach. And I stop back there and I look at it and it groans once and then she just and then it comes crashing down and, and then we could clean it all out. But it was pretty pretty hairy there for a bit. Yeah. And there was a lot. I mean, that was the worst one in terms of, you know, first of all, some danger there. But second of all, just how many trees and how much we had to move just to get the Argo through. And there was no going around it. Like, oh, it's no. It's dense back there. So as much as you think that, oh, maybe there's a path around this. No. Well, I cut, out, I cut out four trees and the smallest was, was like that. And the biggest was like that. And in order to find my box. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like, and it was like God was throwing trees at my box. Because <laughs> if a tree falls in the bush, it's got to knock one of my boxes off, right? <laughs> but it didn't wreck the box, which was no. awesome. No. <laughs> Smashed what it was on and yeah. flung it through the air. Exactly. And exactly. when he kept throwing, uh, throwing trees until he ended up getting my box. And I was like, ah, oh, that was something. But there was a tank and a half of fuel. I got there, I fueled up before I even lit her up to, to, to start sawing because there's there's just so much. And they were spruce trees, you know, a healthy spruce tree has a lot of branches on it. And these ones were just so hairy. Yeah. Like you just cut and cut and cut. Even you you had five <laughs> minutes of cutting just to get to the stump, to the log that you want to cut, right? Because these things are sticking out and they're frozen and yeah. makes, makes it aggravating. But what I don't understand... Is it because it was dry this year? Is that why these root well, balls are tipping? It was even drier last year. Um, and I, I don't know. Someone with an arborist background could yeah. probably tell us. But it was it's really unusual because it wasn't just there. It was in a lot of different places. Even if it didn't block our path, there were new ones that had yeah. fallen back in the bush that we could see as well, which is, yeah, it's kind of, it's an interesting Truly, Thanks. truly, I mean, when you look at the, the size of the trees just sitting here talking about, they're all big and they're they're, yeah. they're at their maturity and and, yeah. and I mean, but I cut them and they're still green and healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe just the root system can't support them anymore. Just that, that doesn't make any sense, but they're old. Yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely old, but it just, oh. Well, there would have been a wind came through. And oh, yeah. We, we talked about that the last, last podcast just back here. Um, it was a straight line wind or something that came through and knocked down and of course hit a box. So, but that one over there, it broke them off halfway up the tree, that high off the ground. Like I mean, it snapped them. Like yeah, that, you could tell was weren't, a... they weren't big trees like those no. ones were, right? No. So I think probably the wind caught in a lot of that that foliage on them, and I don't, who knows? Yeah. Somebody out there knows. It's so weird because I mean, where they grow, where those big trees grow, I mean, it's it's not not really muskeggy but it's it's like there's a lot of duff a lot of forest stuff and that kind of stuff lower wetter area kind of you know and uh they're they're pretty protected like none, none of the big trees up on the hill blew over no but down on the bottom <laughs> I, I don't know anyway uh so 48 boxes now set for fisher and martin and uh and we wanted to give an answer to a couple of different things a what do we use for bait Mm. Um, and that would be beaver primarily, but in years where we've been able to trap muskrats, we've, uh, we've used muskrat parts. Yeah. Muskrats <laughs> work really, really well. And, and what I usually do is I just, uh, I give them a whack you skin the muskrat, you give them a whack, like, you know, right behind the rib cage and, and then you shake the, the guts out into a pail and that pail then is my bait for, for mink. Um, but then half a muskrat. Oh, I cut, cut the tail off too, because the tail's hard to get into the box. And cut the tail off, and then so then half a muskrat goes into each box. And muskrat works really good. Um, 
it dries out pretty fast because they don't seem yeah. to have a lot of fat on them. So long about, you know, middle of December, Christmas time, I've got a, uh, the, the shrew will have turned them into science exhibits. Yeah. <laughs> and there'll be these cute little skeletons yeah. and everything. So that has worked really good. But this year, we went from plus gorgeous, absolutely wonderful yeah. one day to minus zero degrees or 20 degrees, minus 20 uh Celsius and X. So we never did got any muskrat trapping in. So this year it's all beaver. This year it's all beaver. And the reason you like beaver is that it has all that, that fat on it that doesn't uh, dry out. So the bait stays yeah. uh, a little bit more. I think part of it is that the muskrats don't have a lot of meat that is, the, you know, like on the bone. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Like there, there's a lot of bone there. And I think that bone helps them dry out or dehydrate or mummify or whatever and makes them more edible for the shrews it's the shrews that eats it all yeah they clean it all off and i've i've showed it before like like the one shrew uh in this uh i'll show you a clip here of uh a shrew that was busy eating on on bait in in a lynx pen yeah and it's just crazy and you could hear him chewing and he didn't <laughs> care it, it was cold that night mind you it was <laughs> It was pushing 30 below, and he, he you could hear him chewing, but he was dead serious about eating. But See that little bugger? He's the size of the fat end of my thumb. And look at him go after that. Pygmy shrew, they are a pain. But I think that's part of it is is the fact that that uh, the bone helps it dry out, or the fact that there's not a lot of density of meat. And I have it happen with beaver, because when you, you cut them all up and beaver ribs and that are, are pretty flat. But I mean, it makes, you know, there, there's a piece of meat that, that's, I don't know, half an inch thick maybe and, and, and a square. But they will clean down those rib bones. But if I put a chunk in there, a good chunk of, of like off of the leg or the, the tail or whatever, that doesn't get ate down. And I guess maybe it's thick enough that it doesn't dehydrate or doesn't, doesn't dry out. Maybe so. And then the other thing that sometimes we use is the beaver fleshings in... Mm. What is it that you call that? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks amazingly like spam. <laughs> I just had spam for lunch. I know, I know. No, I when, when I flesh the beaver, you know, you got all that meat and fat. And the fat is the greatest part because fat does, doesn't dry out, doesn't seal off. And it, it, it smells. It's the most smell and everything. So I, I would, when I flesh it off, I would just take... Um, one quart uh, or one liter cream, cream or milk, cream or milk um, cardboard containers. And I just stuff them full and then freeze them. And then you slice them, take off a slice of sandwich meat <laughs> to throw in every box. And it worked really good. It worked, worked, worked very good. But it got so that um, we got so many boxes out there and going now that, uh, well, not now. We're still 100 short of where, of where yeah. we will be. But uh, they're just... We didn't have enough time to keep up, and we had a couple of years there where it got got uh, uh, the beaver numbers were, were down, and it was just easier to take a whole beaver and and use it, right? Yeah. But yeah, the the uh, those are the baits. Like I mean, everybody gets a hold of me and want to know what do you use for bait? What do you use? There's no secret bait. So that's for Martin and Fisher, and then I mean um, we'll get into more talk later on, probably this season, in terms of lynx and yeah that kind of thing, because you do use some different things for lynx sometimes. Yeah, well, in the last couple of years I've been doing some experimenting, and, and uh, I've shown it on on the shows and that, but uh, we'll talk about it here on the podcast podcast as well, and some stuff that some interesting stuff that just 
I don't know whether the light finally went on or I, I had a <laughs> mini stroke and, 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 I, and I was inspired. I don't know, but some of it's working. Like, I mean, we've, we've been getting, we've been getting lots of links. It's been getting better, but, uh, one of, um, the things when, when people keep asking me about the baits, uh, I think the biggest mistake people make is how big a bait they put in. You want to have a good chunk of bait there. Your lure gets them to the box. You've heard me say this so many times. They'll be going along and they will smell the lure from a great distance away. I've, I've got lots of them where the tracks go along and 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 uh, the lure and the bait is over here. It goes by and, it, and the wind's like this and boom, hits the wind and he comes right back into it. The lure did that. Once he gets to the box, so you have to have enough bait there in order to convince them that that's worth going after. Yeah. Uh, I've had situations where you'll have a, a, a refusal you go there and the, the Martin or the Fisher has gone, Fisher especially, mm -hmm. yeah, they have gone there and they'll be at the, at the base of the tree and, and you'll see, you know, you assume they've climbed the tree or whatever and what happened then is, this is when I've had a half a muskrat in there and the, and the yeah. shrew have cleaned it off and that that wasn't enough to, to risk or whatever or he wasn't interested in, in the work involved in just getting a, a rack of bones. So... That is the important part. Like I, I like to talk about a fist-sized piece of meat in there. I like to have a good chunk of meat in there, and it just because that's what seals the deal. Your your lure got them to the box, and that's what's going to seal the deal is is making that attractive. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people talk about, and you, you see some of my boxes have a screen on the back rather rather than having a piece of, of plywood on the back. Um, and people say it's because uh, you know they can see it and more more. Uh, uh, scent flow through, birds are attracted to it. Yeah, birds are attracted to it for a fact. It can be a pain in the butt because they'll sit there and pick all day till they get everything through that screen. But the I don't that I don't think it makes it more attractive to a, a weasel. You know, like a weasel and Fisher, uh, a Martin, they love crawling in a hole. I mean, they check out holes just to be checking out holes, and. So the fact that they can see through that may not, may actually be a put off for them. You know, it may, it may not be as, as inviting as, as them having a, a, a dark tunnel to go into. And that was when we first started, we had the very long boxes. We still have some of them today. They still yeah. catch today. Mm -hmm. I just went away from them because it, it was, they were a lot more material to make and, and they were a, a lot harder to pack around. Yeah. There was so much of them, right? Yeah. And now those ones that taper down are easier to stack and yeah. they're easier to... Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, those are the things to think about, and uh, and to make it when you set that box, make it so that you're controlling how that animal gets to it. Um, you know, you want them to go in head first. You you if you're using like like we are on all of our stuff, uh, are all body grips. They're all quick kill. So you want to make that that great strike the across the the throat and across the. The chest so that suitcase catch and then the, and the, the way that that happens is is especially in, in our country is for that box to be down and he's got to climb into it if you have the box turned up the other way for one thing it catches all the snow okay the other thing is is that and i've seen this on on footage uh where people have and i've never had any luck i put a trail cam on a on a box and it is like the kiss of death I will put it on the hottest box for years and, and not have not catch an animal all year on it. But I, some people have the luck, and so it's sitting like this. And the Martin will walk around the top; its tail falls into the into the box, and you go because <gasps> you expect his tail to, to set it off, and it does happen sometimes. Uh, 
you know, his because he, he, he doesn't know what's going on. And then, you know, they'll, they'll go down or, or they'll leave. A lot, a lot of times they, they go to that box, they'll look down in it, and, they, and, and they'll leave. Uh, the whole thing is, though, is that you increase the chances of a bad catch. When you have it the other way around where he's got to go up into it, his head's got to go there first. He can't back into that. His tail can't get in the way. You, you, you control uh, its axis, and so you control the efficiency of that trap by a ton. And, and the other thing is, um, the way I have my boxes set up, they have just one half inch uh, groove in the side for the for the trap springs to go into. And then I wedge them in place. Because the plywood, uh, you, you, can, you can just wedge the, using the springs and against that plywood holds it firmly in place. Well, now that trap, those tra the jaws of that trap are against the back of the, the, the box there and he's, he's climbing up the tree that's just natural for him to reach up and grab a hold of those yeah. so he uses them as part of the leverage to getting up into that that trap and also it's doing a second thing his shoulders now are above the trap so when it goes off they're not in the way yeah and you when you wedge it um you wedge it on the bottom not on the top so that doesn't prevent anything from from locking up and that the the trap won't spring yeah you got to be careful uh i tried to i tried to uh uh hillbilly one one, one time it had been <laughs> ate on really bad by picassoed by a squirrel and so i ended up shoving the, the trap up there far enough and with the mental image in my head that i would replace the box the next time well next time i go through there and um the the, the spring you can see the uh the trigger on the on the trap is hanging down how is that and the trap hasn't gone off yet and then uh go look and sure enough uh, martin had been right through it had pulled the, the screen down had got the meat and everything and sprung the trap but the dog on the trap was wedged against the back of the box oh. and so it couldn't release off of the off the jaw and and, and let it go so that's the one thing you got to worry about so when you when you wedge it in place you wedge it so that you're you, the uh, bottom of the trap what would be the bottom if you're sitting here we is going to be against the 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 box and that there's still clearance and lots of room for your for your dog to flip up yeah exactly and the other thing that we've gotten a lot of well because everybody's just getting out there and getting going and we've got a lot of new trappers on uh, the trapping inc facebook page as well as trapping inc tv facebook page yep um but a lot of people are asking about the lure that you use because you um you make your own lure so one question that we had was um when you make your lure you you talk about using pure quill and um some people don't know what that is, or it's maybe not available or well known in their area what pure quill is. Yeah, that's what we can smell right here, right yep. now. <laughs> I've got some of my lure uh, in, in the uh, baggie here. I showed making this last year, so we're going to go over it here. Um, hey, buddy. <laughs> I he's, think he wants to go home or something. Lonely this morning, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, pure quill is pure essence drawn straight out of the skunk. And I don't care what anybody says about tinctured or or anything else, nothing beats pure quill, nothing. It is way stronger, way more powerful, yeah. and it has that carry that you want. Why I got into making my own lures? Um, expense, mostly. There's a lot of good lures out there, but there's a whole pint right there of, of my lure, 
And, and what did that cost you to make? Well, we'll go over that in a sec, but the um, I actually made two pints at a time. I use at least a pint, maybe a pint and a half every year. Well, here in the north, the probably the most popular uh, lure for, for Martin is Martin Magic or Gusto. Maybe Gusto. Gusto is not too popular here, mm -hmm. but Martin Magic sure is. But it's $68 for four ounces, you know? So, I mean, there, there, there's a lot more than four ounces in there. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I started doing it. And, I, and we've had people go to the website and say they were disappointed that on our website that we don't have we don't have traps we're selling or lure we're selling. We're not into it for that. We, we use what we believe in. And I'm not saying that there aren't store-bought lures that are good. There are. I just, I, I got I got to limit my, my costs somewhere, and, and that's how I, I went about it. So. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> you can smell it even with even with it in the bag, can't you? I know. Maybe that's what he's worried about. He doesn't want you to take it out. You know, I don't notice it outside at all, but in here it's... A so you had to take it out of the bag to talk about it? Yeah. Well, they got to see it. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they can see it in the bag. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll show it to you here. and then Quickly. <laughs> you can see it's just a paste. It's just gooey. Oh, and it's very powerful. So, how I make it. In the beginning, oh, that was stupid. I had to squeeze the air out of it. Right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, like uh, everybody assumed when we got Martin Magic, uh, some of those those pastelers, we assumed it was Vaseline. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether it is or isn't. Mm -hmm. Seems to be. But And I, I used to make this with, with Vaseline or, or petroleum jelly. And it works good. Only problem was, was that it would crust over. Uh, meaning that you know it would seal up, and, and that the jelly, petroleum jelly, would seal up, and the, and the scent wouldn't uh, would, wouldn't be as readily available. And you could take and smear it again, you know, when you went back to, to do a check or whatever, and then you'd smell it again. So I, I wanted to, to try something different to to uh, you know see if if I could get around that problem. And each thing has had its own issues. Like I used a fish oil once, and it worked good, but <laughs> it dried out. And you know, in a, in a in a week or two, it was just this dry, dusty stain on the side of the box or whatever. I used gator oil. Yeah. Uh, and somebody uh, sent us some gator. Yes. Oil. Um, fella from Southern Snares did. Um, he sent us gator oil. There was two issues with it. One, gators don't <laughs> live in this country, and that's that it froze hard as a rock. Right. <laughs> and all the animals said. Well, you couldn't you couldn't chip it off for one thing, and, and that was the problem. But when when it was warm enough for it to be liquid, or if I kept it liquid, that it once again it, it carried a good smell. But then it it would dry out as well, or, mm -hmm. or or seal up. So we used petroleum jelly; it sealed up. I'm, I've been trying for many many different things to 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 get around all this problem. And and uh, uh, somebody mentioned Crisco. I haven't tried Crisco, but I know Crisco freezes like hard like a rock. So mm -hmm. that becomes a problem when I, you know, how do you keep it warm? Yeah. So that you can use well, it, it, right? I know it definitely does that. So what I used here is called Super Lube. And literally, if you want to look it up on Amazon, it's Super Lube, comes in a can, a 14-ounce size can. 
and it is a, uh, a food-grade petroleum uh, lubrication, so it can come in contact with food. So I got thinking, well, that can't be a bad deal, right? So it shouldn't have much smell or any smell that I've, I've noticed or anything else, and it's very, very neutral. I can't tell. And so I take a can of 14 ounces of Super Lube. I take about uh, eight ounces, half a half a pint of, of jam. And so I like to use something that is natural, although I see that this here was made with orange marmalade. <laughs> and it worked good too, but I just like to have that little bit of sweet in there. Uh, like raspberry, raspberry jam. Raspberry works really good. Yeah. Um, blueberry those because they eat them naturally in the winter time when here the um once the uh subnivium uh environment sets up where the uh martin are actually living underneath the snow and they're, they're they can travel because it ends up it's a whole big long complex uh system that happens but it ends up there's air gaps between the snow and the ground later in the winter time and the martin can can travel around under there and they eat a lot of berries under there you lots of times when you clean them, they'll they'll be full of cranberries. You yeah, know, they'll we, be full. We of... ran into a bunch of uh, high bush cranberries out there this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these would be like low bush there because they're right on the ground, and and we they and they have a lot of uh, like blueberries, low bush blueberries, that kind, that kind of stuff, squawberries. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what else? There's some others, dewberries. But anyway, so when you find that in them, that you can you know they you can tell that they're very much a. Um, a generalist they will eat whatever right mm -hmm. so i put jam in there so now we've got the 14 ounces of uh of super lube eight ounces of jam and uh, then I, I mix in two ounces of anise oil okay that's what it smells like black licorice yeah that's the smell in black licorice anise oil i put in two of that and then depend and then then my pure quill and it depends on how good your pure quill is but an ounce maybe an ounce and a half in in that mix mixer all together when i made this with uh vaseline it took quite a bit of time because you had to melt it you couldn't get anything to mix together the petroleum would would separate away and and uh you had to mix it all up and then you had to uh get it hot mix it up and then you had to keep turning it so that it stayed suspended otherwise it would separate out into all its all its various components none of that problems with this None of that problems at all, uh, and it stays very easy to work with. It's very soft. Yeah. Um, it goes on easy. It's, it it holds the smell. It's not the absolute perfect answer because eventually it, the the smell does bleed out of it. Mm -hmm. um, is it any longer or any shorter than than which the Vaseline would would skim over? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I, this is easier to work with. I'm because uh, I I don't make a big mess making it for one thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you get your own quill, your quill is the most expensive part. Uh, I forget what the 14 ounces of super lube is, it's 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever. And, uh, and then some, some jam and some anise oil. I mean, you ain't got a lot into it and you end up with two pints of it, right? Yeah. So for me, that's, that's probably the better part of two years worth of, uh, of it for little or nothing, uh, in cost. One thing I want to talk about too is, you notice I've got this. I'm not going to take it out. Good. <laughs> I've got this plastic gray top on here. Of course, this is one of Sandy's um, canning jam, jars. Jam jars. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not go back in rotation. She will never know. <laughs> <laughs> 
But they usually have a, a sealer, has a sealer ring and, and then a metal lid on it. I fought with them for years. And I was going through, uh, uh, I was going through the uh, the canning section one day there and I seen these, these ball lids and they're resealable. They fit on there and they're resealable and it's like the best, the best ever. Perfect. Yeah, they're easy on, easy off. I don't have two pieces of one falling down, picking it up, getting lure on, the, on everything else. No, it, it, it has worked out really well. So that is the recipe that I use. That is the lure that I use. And we use that for uh, any of the, any and all of the, like the weasels, the short tail weasels. The, I sometimes put some on, on for mink. Sometimes, not very often. Minkers, mink are more a, a sight kind of thing. You got to have the box down there where they're going to run into it. Mm -hmm. You know, we have uh, one place you, you've seen us catch a bunch under, underneath our a bridge that we built. And there's this, old culvert there. It was an old road a long time ago. So it's part of an old culvert there that every mink and every otter goes and looks into every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. It's funny as can be. So I put the box right beside it because they're going to be right there. And the otters go look in the culvert, walk around the box and leave. The, the mink goes and looks in the culvert, walks into the box and I, and I have them. Yeah. So I don't find that um, a lure makes a big difference for them. Although I do have a lot of mink climb a tree. Yeah. That was the thing with the gator oil. Yeah. We caught a lot of mink that year on, on, on the gator oil. Oh, okay. But if you could, anybody out there has an idea of what to use for a lure base, I'd be interested. Um, we've used a bunch of different commercial ones yeah. that were the, the same thing and that, that were liquid or semi-liquid or whatever, but they all had a tendency to dry out. So I don't know what base they were. Well, and, and for all the people who watch or listen to podcasts and visit the, the web or the uh, Facebook pages and our community, not everybody lives in the north. People no. live in the south. Um, maybe some of what we do doesn't work down no. there. But for us, our, our big problem is how how much things freeze. So, I mean, yep. just last week, the beginning of the week, it was minus 28 degrees Fahrenheit, or sorry, Celsius yep. here. Uh, that's cold. Yep. And, you know, we, we certainly get colder weather than that. Not often are we necessarily out here when that happens, unless we get a surprise. But well, but always everything that sits in the box is out here. And it's funny because um, the further north you go, the less smell there is in the, in the wintertime. Yeah. Like when you get up to the, to the Arctic Ocean, uh, there's no scent whatsoever. And, and it's remarkable. And up there, uh, the one fellow I know uses Vicks VapoRub for lynx. Interesting. Puts a little smear of it on. And of course, I could see them coming to it, whether they were attracted or not. I could see them coming to it out of curiosity. Yeah, well, because it's a smell that... Oh, very that, foreign. Yeah. Very exactly. foreign. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it was a big deal. Is it time to go home, buddy? I think that's what he's telling us. Yeah? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, the kids are at our place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and his buddy there. They're, they're, yeah. They have a, a two-year-old uh, shepherd. And now since... Eli's gone. This guy is uh, very much looking for somebody to play with, and he lo he loves to play with uh, with Nicks. With Nicks, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> anyway, uh, we uh, I think our next trip out here. I think the our, our grandson's our coming. Grandson's going to come with us. Yeah. Was, well, as long as the weather holds and it's not really really cold. What did we get for our sixteen traps that we set on the last trip? We got to check them this time. What do we get? Oh, we got a fisher, two red squirrels, and a flying squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. But out of 16, that's, you know, you, you, you've, you've filled up, a, you know, just about a quarter of them. 
Yeah. You know? So, well, yeah, that is quarter part of me. I'm good at math today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, and the two red squirrels, they're going to a friend of ours who's, who's teaching trapping yeah. and skinning to a group of young people. So... We we keep those even though there isn't. I don't know that there is a market for red squirrels. There is, and a couple of years ago they were red hot. They they were going for three bucks again. Yeah. Just two years ago, and now now you can't sell one again. But yeah. Ryan, yes, there's there's uh, squirrels on the way. I'll even throw in the flying squirrel. It's not. See if they it, can do something with. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, you got to give if they manage to skin it and pull the tail. You got to give them a gold star because they are impossible. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, you know what was so cool though? You talk about how tired we were. Was listening to the we had a uh, it got warm yesterday and then a big temp drop last night, so the lake then was co contracting and listening to it boom oh, yeah. and we groan and after we went to bed last night, that's that's what we listened to is like wow, that's at all kinds of things that are just so cool out in the bush. So, yeah, well, I took yeah. I took Buddy for a walk down the down the lake this morning uh, while you were cleaning up so that we could do this and there was uh, uh there's four otter and uh and a martin went by went by on the ice just oh, out here yeah that's awesome yeah so it's pretty pretty good we got to get your uh, box set up down down the lake because yep. the martin went by there well yeah and then uh it's not very long till uh till i can start setting that lynx pen down there too. exactly well yeah. you have two lynx pens down there mm-hmm anyway <laughs> We got to get back on the road. Get it. Get back. It's a full week coming up again. Exactly. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And maybe we'll see you down the line. <laughs>